Heavenly Father, Yahweh, thank you for letting us be able to gather here tonight, Father. Father, we pray as these storms blow through that you protect us, Father. And anyone that has gone to the storms tonight, Father, keep them um, protected. Father, we thank you for all that you do. We thank you for letting us be able to gather here tonight, Father, to get in your word. And we pray that you just lead us, Father, in the spirit, leads to all wisdom, knowledge, and discernment only from you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. And Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. For Jesus' name, we pray to you, Yahweh, the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Amen. Amen. So be it. Let it be. All right. Any specific translation? I've been using many here recently. Mm-hmm. The web? Tran- huh? What? I said any specific translation. I've been using many here lately. I said the web. World English Bible. Yeah, I can do that. We can try it out. We gotta use eSword because I don't have a paper copy yet. Give it a go. We're gonna be in numbers. Twenty-two, starting in verse two. Actually, this will be easier if I just use my phone and do it. And the laptop. <clears throat> all right, it says. Uh, all right. Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. Moab was very afraid of the people because they were many. Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now this multitude will lick up all that is around us as, an, as the ox licks up the grass of the field. Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of Moab at that time. He sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Beor, to Pethor, which is by the river, to the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people who came out of Egypt. Behold, they cover the surface of the earth, and they are staying opposite me. Please come now, therefore, curse me, this people, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall prevail, that we might strike them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. The elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand. They came to Balaam and spoke to him the words of Balak. He said to them, Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word again, as Yahuwah shall speak to me. The princes of Moab stayed with Balaam. God came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? Balaam said to God, Balak, the son of Zippor, the king of Moab, has, sent, has said to me, Behold, the people that has come out of Egypt covers the surface of the earth. Now come curse, them, curse me them. Perhaps I shall be able to fight against them and shall drive them out. God said to Balaam, You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. Balaam rose up early in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, Go to your land, for Yahuwah refuses to permit me to go with you. The princes of Moab rose up, and they went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Balak again sent princes, more and more honorable than they. 
they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus says Balak, son of Zippor, Please let nothing hinder you from coming to me, for I will promote you to very great honor, and whatever you say to me, I will do. Please come, therefore, and curse this people for me. Balaam answered the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I can't go beyond the word of Yahweh my God to do less or more. Now, therefore, please stay here tonight as well, that I may know what else Yahuwah will speak to me. God came to Balaam that night, or at night, and said to him, If the men have come to call you, rise up, go with them, but only the word which I speak to you, that you shall do. Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his donkey and went with the princes of Moab. God's anger burned because he went, and Yahuwah's angel placed himself in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. The donkey saw Yahuwah's angel standing in the way, with his sword drawn in his hand. And the donkey turned out of the path and went into the field. Balaam struck the donkey to turn her into the path. Then Yahuwah's angel stood in a narrow path between the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. The donkey saw Yahuwah's angel, and she thrust herself to the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. He struck her again. Yahuwah's angel went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left hand. Foreshadowing. <laughs> the donkey saw Yahuwah's angel, and she lay down under Balaam. Balaam's anger burned, and he struck the donkey with his staff. Yahuwah opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have mocked me. I wish there were a sword in my hand, for now I would have killed you. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden all your life until today? Was I ever in the habit of doing so to you? He said, No. Then Yahweh opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw Yahweh's angel standing in the way, with his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed his head and fell on his face. Yahweh's angel said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out as an adversary because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned away before me these three times. Unless she had turned away from you, surely now I would have killed you and saved her alive. Balaam said to Yahweh's angel, I have sinned, for I didn't know that you stood in the way against me. Now, therefore, if it displeases you, I will go back again. Yahweh's angel said to Balaam, Go with the men, but only the word that I shall speak to you, that you shall speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. When Balak heard that Balaam had come, he went out to meet him to the city of or, yeah, he went out to meet him to the city of Moab, which is on the border of the Arnon, which is the in the utmost part of the border. <clears throat> Balak said to Balaam, Didn't I earnestly send for you to summon you? Why didn't you come to me? Am I not in if am I not able indeed to promote you to honor? Balaam said to Balak, Behold, I have come to you. Have I now any power at all to speak anything? The word that God puts in my mouth, that shall I speak. Balaam went with Balak, and they came to Kiriath Huzoth. Balak sacrificed cattle and sheep and sent to Balaam and to the princes who were with him. In the morning, Balak took Balaam and brought him unto the high places of Baal, and he saw from there part of the people.
there is so much, <laughs> so much from what you just read. I don't even know where to start. You start, Dusty. <laughs> don't, just... don't read it and stop, because that's a lot. Yeah, I thought, well, you, you heard me say foreshadowing. Talk about so that you couldn't, you couldn't turn to the left or the right. What does that make yeah. you think of? Yeah. Narrow way, Pa. Yeah. If if you guys are into underlining stuff in your Bible, I recommend you underline that. Plus, <laughs> you have this man that's, uh, he literally says multiple times, "I will only speak with the Most High." Tells me to speak. But why did God get angry when he went? My opinion, it doesn't say that uh, they told him to go with him. It says, uh, if the men have come to call you, rise up, go with them, but only the word which I speak to you, that you shall do. <clears throat> and then it just says, he rose up in the morning and saddled his donkey and went with the princes of Moab. It doesn't say they said, come with me. Is there, ain't there one in there where God told tell him to go um, some way, but not in mine? In other words, he was saying, God was telling him that he could go, but don't go with the intent of no bad. And then the, the prince, you know, hey, if you come, I hey the king won't give you anything you want if you come, you know. Trying it very to well could have been the intent of his heart. I see what you're saying. Yeah, it was the intent. his mind changed, and when his mind changed, that that angel showed up to stop him. And God was trying to show him, you can't curse my people to begin with, but if you do yeah. go and cur curse them, you're cursing. All of Israel, you're cursing what is good. You're cursing me. You know? Yeah. Then if you go into that word where the donkey, um, where he says you, you make me look like a fool when you study that word, that word fool is going to go all the way down to those that don't keep the commandments and the feast days of God. That's what me and Michael was talking about the other day is the word full. Yep. Because I, you know, I've been going through Matthew 5, each individual fragment. And uh, yeah, the word full is not what it means today. <laughs> I want to read something that I didn't include in this because it's what it made me think of. <laughs> not to cut it. I know this is usually not how we do it, but Second Kings 1. Um, I'm just going to read the whole thing. It says, After the death of Ahab, Moab rebelled against Israel. Ahaziah had fallen through the lattice window of his upper room in Samaria and was injured, so he sent messengers instructing them, Go inquire of Baalzebub, the god of Ekram, if I will recover from this injury. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, go and meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and ask them, is it because there is no God in Israel that you are going to inquire of Baalzebub, the god of Akron? 
Therefore, this is what the Lord uh, says. You will not get up from your sick bed. You will certainly die. Then Elisha left. He's a savage. <laughs> the messengers returned to the king who asked them, why have you come back? They replied, a man came to meet us and said, go back to the king who sent you. And declare to him, this is what the Lord says. Is it because there is no God in Israel that you're sending these men to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Therefore, you will not get up from your sickbed. You will certainly die. The king asked them, what sort of man came to you or came up to meet you and spoke these words to you? They replied, a hairy man with a leather belt around his waist. He said, it's Elijah the Tishbite. So King Ahaziah sent a captain of 50 with his 50 men to Elijah. When the captain went up to him, he was sitting on top of the hill. He announced, man of God, the king declares, come down. Elijah responded to the captain of the 50. If I am a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. Then fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50 men. So the king sent another captain of 50 with his 50 men to Elijah. He took, in, he, he took in the situation and announced, Man of God, this is what the king says. Come down immediately. Elijah responded, If I am a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. So a divine fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50 men. Then the king sent a third captain of 50 with his 50 men. The third captain of 50 went up and fell on his knees in front of Elijah and begged him, Man of God, please let my life and the lives of these 50 servants of yours be precious in your sight. Already fire has come down from heaven and consumed the first two captains of 50 with their 50s. But this time, let my life be precious in your sight. The angel of the Lord said to Elijah, Go down with him. Don't be afraid of him. So he got up and he went down with him to the king. Then Elisha said to King Ahaziah, this is what the Lord says, because you have sent messengers to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron. Is it because there is no God in Israel for you to inquire of his will? You will not get up from your sick bed. You will certainly die. Ahaziah died according to the word of the Lord that Elisha had spoken. Since he had no son, Joram, became king in his place. This happened in the second year of Judah's king, Jehoram, son of Jehoshaphat. The rest of the events of Ahaziah's reign, along with his accomplishments, are written in the historical records of Israel's king. Sorry, that's just what it made me think of. Because they kept saying that sending people, and it's... Uh, similar folk. I mean, it's talking about Moab. So, yeah. Anyways. I was going to read a definition <laughs> fool in Matthew. Go ahead. Uh, it says, foolish, pious, godless. Literally, like, someone's godless. Yeah, godless. One who does... I mean, it's that... A fool is literally what... One it's what the definition of... Yeah, I mean, with without... Without God... <laughs> I'm sorry, but you you have to you can't have God without law. It's not that's not a thing. And and people people get uptight about that. But I'm not saying that everybody has to immediately learn the Torah on day one. 
I mean, even in what we're reading right now in the Torah portions, that's not that wasn't a specific setup. They just all, all the father wanted was people to be obedient. But he understood that people were going to make mistakes. This is why he showed grace even in the Old Testament when it comes to the sacrifices. I mean, go back to Cain. He, he specifically told him, if you if you just resist the devil, just please do what is right and you'll be you'll be OK. And instead, he got hard, hard, hard hearted and stiff necked. And he didn't listen, <laughs> you know, he let that sin overtake him. Um, so even in today's world, like when you're rejecting the law, first of all, you're susceptible yourself to sin because that's what sin is, is transgression of the Torah, right? So you continue to go on doing these things that are contrary to what the father calls obedience. Of course, you're going to be living in sin. Of course, you're going to end up being miserable. And when you reject the Most High and his laws, like that's that's what the definition of an atheist is. That's the way that I look at the word fool, isn't it? And not in today's society, because atheists would be like, yeah, you know, I, I kind of believe like there's something that kind of created stuff. No, an atheist, a true atheist, somebody that does not believe that there is a God and not in the sense that they don't believe he exists. It's they don't believe. How do I put it? They don't follow him. They will not serve him. They refuse. That's the way that that's looked at. But anyways, <laughs> I have to go on a rant. You know where dislocation is, don't you? What are we talking about? Moab? Yeah, where they sent my to get him from. This is the area where in Jordan. Over the yeah, they were talking about the Arnon, the Wadi Arnon. Mm -hmm. With the way things is going in TikTok, I'm, I think it might be good to add um, location. Of certain things in the door. <laughs> it's getting crazy. Hey, Dustin, where'd you get your the definition for the? The fool word, isn't it? Rock, raka, or something like that. It's um Matthew five twenty two, and it's Strong's yeah. number G three four seven four says, "Thou fool." All right, but Thank there's you. also other times fools used, and it doesn't mean that. It can mean something different. There's different like definitions for fool throughout the Bible. I was finding today, but that's like you know when a lot of people are saying fool. That's so fool can mean someone's godless. Godless, basically, yeah. So, but we see the fool constantly being talked about in the Bible. There's the righteous man and the foolish man, you know? Right. So. Uh, if you go, if you go through, like, especially Proverbs, where it talks about, like, the fool. Right. Um, There's a bunch of that. It, it would, it would surprised you to know 
Uh, I think that's where we get the word evil from. Listen, listen to what this come. This is the um study King James Bible. <laughs> listen to what it says about what that word means. Thy fool means stupid. The English I mean, word would mean moron. I don't disagree that it means stupid. <laughs> I don't. I'm just saying. Uh, it's, it's Strong's H191, by the way. Check that out, Seth. I just sent it in the group. It's, 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 it, I mean, evil or evil. <laughs> That's uh, what's used repeatedly throughout uh, Proverbs. And a lot of Solomon's works, like the Wisdom of Solomon, chapter two, which we read last week. Um, yeah. The fool says in his heart that there is no God. Right? That's uh, Psalms 53. Were you asking about the Wisdom of Solomon? No, I was just saying that you go through the Wisdom of Solomon, chapter two. It it it's basically describing an atheist. Wisdom of Solomon is a great book. I agree. We're gonna read some of it um, tonight, but right now we're gonna go to Numbers twenty three. <laughs> um. Yeah, just because it's easier on one, I'll stick to the HCSD. It says, <clears throat> Then Balaam said to Balak, Build me seven altars here and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me. So Balak did as Balaam directed, and they offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Balaam said to Balak, Stay here by your burnt offering while I am gone. Maybe the Lord will meet with me. I will tell you whatever he reveals to me. So he went to a barren hill. And God met with him, and Balaam said to him, I have arranged seven altars and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. And then the Lord put a message in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak and say what I tell you. So he returned to Balak, who was standing there by his burnt offering with all the off or officials of Moab. Balaam or proclaimed his poem. Balak brought me from a ram the king of Moab, from the eastern mountains. Come, put a curse on Jacob for me. Come, denounce Israel. How can I curse someone God has not cursed? How can I denounce someone the Lord has not denounced? I see them from the top of rocky cliffs, and I watch them from the hills. There is a people living alone. It does not consider itself among the nations. Who has counted the dust of Jacob or numbered the dust clouds of Israel? Let me die the death of the upright, let the end of my life be like theirs. What have you done to me? Balak asked Balaam. I brought you to curse my enemies, but look, you have only blessed them. He answered, shouldn't I say exactly what the Lord puts in my mouth? Then Balak said to him, please come with me to another place where you can see them. You will only see the outskirts of their camp. You won't see all of them from there. 
put a curse on them for me. So Balak took him to the lookout field on top of Pisgah, built seven altars, and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Balaam said to Balak, Stay here by your burnt offering while I seek the Lord over there. The Lord met with Balaam and put a message in his mouth. Then he said, Return to Balak and say what I tell you. So he returned to Balak, who was standing by his burnt offerings with the officials of Moab. Balak asked him, What did the Lord say? Balak, get up and listen. Son of Zippor, pay attention to what I say. God is not a man who lies. Or a son of man who changes his mind, does he speak and not act, or promise and not fulfill? I have indeed received a command to bless, since he has blessed. I cannot change it. He considers no disaster for Jacob. He sees no trouble for Israel. The Lord their God is with them, and there is rejoicing over the king among them. God brought them out of Egypt. He is like the horns of a wild ox for them. There is no magic curse against Jacob and no divination against Israel. It will now be said about Jacob and Israel, what great things God has done. A people rise up like a lioness. They rouse themselves like a lion. They will not lie down until they devour the prey and drink the blood of the slain. Then Balak told Balaam, don't curse them and don't bless them. But Balaam answered him, didn't I tell you whatever the Lord says I must do? Again, Balak said to Balaam, please come, I will take you to another place. Maybe it will be agreeable to God that you can put a curse on them for me there. So Balak took Balaam to the top of Peor, which overlooks the wasteland. Balaam told Balak, build me seven altars here and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me. So Balak did as Balaam said and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. End of 23. version we're reading that was hdsb do you know that per that what he spoke over the children instead of cursing them do you know almost every jewish synagogue recites that per on shabbos no, i didn't know that i did not know that And two, I don't know if you remember, but you remember when um, we was in Discord and we had a certain Jewish person that came in and in other words was telling us that we couldn't make it because we weren't Israel. And then he used the version of they wouldn't, they wouldn't as many people that came out of Israel that we think they came out of, that came out of it. This is the verse right there to defeat everything that he said that day. This man went and got another one, another person to come and curse them because there were so many of them and took them to one mountain to see half of them and then took them to another mountain to see the other half of them. Hmm. Yeah, we thought it was interesting. He kept taking them to different places. I can say one thing about Balog. He's stubborn. <laughs> After the first time of, you know, 
You should have got it through your thick head, man. Realized that it ain't gonna happen. But you notice in the beginning of the tour portion, the way it stated, he served other gods and God. Mm. Say that again. Read it good when you first started off the tour portion. It, and got any different translations. <laughs> he worshiped God and other gods. He was into a divination. Who? Balak? Yeah. Yeah. Almond, yeah. I mean, it talks about taking them to the, the high places and stuff. I was going to say, yeah, it talks about the the elders of Moab and Midian. Mm-hmm. What, and what does Midian think, make you think of? Midianites. No, 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 I'm talking like biblically speaking. <laughs> what does Midian make you think of? Big five, Michael. I said yeah. the first thing. <laughs> no, <it's... laughs> that's what he said. That was just funny. <laughs> Who was a priest of Midian? I don't know. It was, it was um. And Moses' father-in-law. Jethro. Yeah, Jethro. Yep. Yep. But that's the same Solomon stuff Solomon was doing, man. He's going to worship in other gods. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yes. Uh, yeah, to, to the reason why um, the other one would go... I can't get why he would had to do seven altars and seven bulls. But you know who he was worshiping, don't you? Who, Balaam or Balak? I don't know. The king that didn't want him to come through. Balak. He was serving the same God that they serve up there in um, California. What's that God's name with the owl? It's put your children Mo through. Moloch. Yeah, yep. Moloch. Yep. I mean, that's what I was saying as it talks about um, taking them to the high places. Uh-huh. <laughs> And this and that and yonder. Well, don't it say one went up to the high place and the other one went down to the low place? Because uh... I know he did get away from him when he started making his sacrifices with the seven cows and the seven altars on top of the high place. Don't say he went down and made an altar. It says, yeah, Balaam told Balak, build me seven altars here and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me. So Balak did as Balaam said and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. It says that uh, each time. It says, 
Stay here by your burnt offering while I seek the Lord over there. I think some translations say down there or he, he went down. I'm looking. But it kind of makes me think that he sought up seven altars for seven different gods. What do you think, Dustin? I'm not sure because Balaam told him to make the altars. It says, God met with him and Balaam said to him, I have arranged seven altars and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Sounds like Balaam's telling him to do it. Or that, that it sounds like Balaam did it. What translation are you reading now, Will? HCSB, but we can go over to the World English Bible real quick and you go to chapter 23 and it says, yeah, God met Balaam and he said to him, I have prepared the seven altars and I have offered up a bull and a ram on every altar. You got to go. It says on in 15, it says, he said to Balak, stand here by your burn offering while I meet God over there. Yeah. Let's see what Brenton says. I think it says similar. And I will go and inquire of God. God. Yeah. Yeah. Now, before... Balaam went with Balak, and they came to Kiriath Huzoth. Balak sacrificed cattle and sheep and sent for Balaam and the officials who were with him. So Balak what, may have been doing something for his <laughs> for himself there. Uh, but then when Balaam says, build me seven altars and prepare seven bulls and rams. Which again, if it's burnt offerings, I mean, that goes back to Exodus 20. Just saying. Um, and it would have just been dirt. They would have just piled up seven mounds of dirt and prepared bulls and rams. Yeah, it sounds like. Which, it's, go ahead. I was going to say, Balak was the king of Moab. Not Midian, but the elders of Midian and Moab were being spoken of. Yeah, so the Moabers of Midian, this horde will devour everything. Sounds like they're a great army. Well, it sounds okay. like they're proposing a, a, a coup. <laughs> they're trying to overthrow Israel. Moab, the Midianites, he's like, look, man, they're going to destroy everything. Yeah, want to go to 24? Yeah. I'm going to read this in, in this Bible. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and read 
all the way to 25 verse 9, so there's no pause because there's only nine verses. It says, <clears throat> since Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go to seek omens as on previous occasions for the wilderness. When Balaam looked up and saw Israel encamped tribe by tribe, the Spirit of God came on him, and he proclaimed his poem, the Oracle of Balaam, son of Baor, the Oracle of the man whose eyes are open, the Oracle of one whose ears are sayings of God, or who hears the sayings of God, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who falls into as uncovered. How beautiful are your tents, Jacob, your dwellings, Israel. They stretch out like river valleys, like gardens beside a stream, like aloes the Lord has planted, like cedars beside the water. Water will flow from his buckets and his seed will be abundant, will be by abundant water. His king will be great and his kingdom will be exalted. God brought him out of Egypt. He is like the horns of a wild ox for feed on enemy nations and gnaw their bones. He will strike them with his arrows. He crouches. He lies down like a lion or a lioness. Who dares to rouse him? Those who bless you will be blessed, and those who curse you will be cursed. Then Balak struck his hands together and said to him, I summoned you to put a curse on my enemy. He said, you have blessed them these three times. Now go to your home. I said I would reward you richly, but look, the Lord has denied you a reward. Balaam answered Balak, didn't I previously tell the messengers you sent me? If Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go against the Lord's command to do anything good or bad of my own will. I will say whatever the Now I am going back to my people, but first let me warn you what these people will do to your people in the future. And he proclaimed his poem, the oracle of Balaam, son of Beor, the oracle's eyes are opened the oracle of one who hears the sayings of God and, the no and has knowledge from the Most High, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who falls into a trance with his eyes uncovered. I see him now, or I see him, but not now. I perceive him, but not near. A star will come from Jacob, and a he will smash the forehead of Moab and strike down all the Shethites. Edom will become his will become a possession. Seir will become a possession of its enemies, but Israel will be triumphant. One who comes from Jacob will rule. He will destroy the city's survivors. Then Balaam saw proclaimed his poem. Amalek was first among the nations, but his future is destruction. Next he saw the Canaanites and proclaimed his poem. Your dwelling place is enduring. Your nest is set in the cliffs. Cain will be destroyed when Ashur takes. Once more, he proclaimed his poem. Ah, who can does this? Ships will come from the coast of Kittim. They will afflict Ashur and Eber, but they too will come to destruction. Balaam then arose and went back to his homeland, and Balak also went. 25. While Israel was staying in the Acacia Grove, the people began to have sexual relations with the women of Moab. The women invited them to the sacrifices for their gods, and the people ate and bowed and worshipped. So Israel aligned itself with Baal of Peor, and the Lord's anger burned against Israel. The Lord said to Moses, Take all the leaders of the people and execute them in broad daylight before the Lord so that his 
burning anger may turn away from Israel. So Moses told judges, or told Israel's judges, kill each of the men who aligned themselves with Baal of Peor. An Israelite man came bringing a Midianite woman to his relatives in the sight of Moses and the whole Israelite community while they were weeping at the entrance to the tent of meeting. When Phinehas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest, saw this, he got up from the assembly, took a spear in his hand, followed the Israelite man into the tent, and drove it through both the Israelite man and the woman through her belly. On the Israelites has stopped, or was stopped. But those who died in the plague numbered 24,000. That's the end of the Torah part of this portion. I don't know why, but every time I read that, I get a laugh out of him. <laughs> out of what? Out of him telling the other one that God stopped his blessing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always get a, I'm like, what? <laughs> it might be Adam and Eve in the garden because he is. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think he realizes. <laughs> the Lord no. has stopped the blessing. Yeah, okay. He, he said, <laughs> the Lord stopped your blessing. Well, here comes the storm. Um, we have Micah next, but before that, anybody got anything? That's that, that little section right there shows you that, um, you know, Satan can't curse you, but what did the people start to do? They started, they started cursing themselves. I started doing exactly what Abba told them not to do. And it, the plague had already came into the camp. And by what this fella done, it stopped the plague. Which that gets into a whole other topic, but yeah, Phineas. Uh, we'll go here. Go to Isaiah real quick. And let's kind of go in order. Isaiah 11, 1 to 12. Actually, I'm just going to read all of Isaiah 11. I'm not going to stop at verse 12. It says, <clears throat> Shoot, 
will grow from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and strength, a spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight is the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes. He will not execute justice by what he hears with his ears, but he will judge the poor righteously and execute justice for the oppressed of the land. He will strike the land with discipline from his mouth, and he will kill the wicked with a command from his lips. Righteousness will be a belt around his loins. Faithfulness will be a belt around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf, the young lion, and the fatling will be together, and a child will lead them. The cow and the bear will graze. Their young ones will lie, to, lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. An infant will play beside the cobra's pit, and a toddler will put his hand into a snake's den. None will harm or destroy another on my entire holy mountain. For the land will be as full of the knowledge of the Lord as the sea is filled with water. On that day, the root of Jesse will stand for the peoples. The nations will seek him, and his resting place will be glorious. On that day, the Lord will extend his hand a second time to recover from Assyria, Egypt, Pathros, Cush, Elam, Shinar, Hamath, and the coasts and islands of the west, the remnant of his people who survive. He will lift up a banner for the nations and gather the dispersed of Israel. He will collect the scattered of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Ephraim's envy will cease. Judah's harassment will end. Ephraim will no longer be envious of Judah, and Judah will not harass Ephraim. But they will swoop down on the Philistine flank to the west. Together they will plunder the people of the east. They will extend their power over Edom and Moab, and the Ammonites will be their subjects. The Lord will divide the Gulf of Suez. He will wave his hand over the Euphrates with his mighty wind and will split it into seven streams, letting people walk through on foot. There will be a highway for the remnant of his people who will survive from Assyria, as there was for Israel when they came up from the land of Egypt. You know what it reminds me of, Dustin? We was talking the other day about um, Jezebel, how um, she tried to curse Elijah, talking about this day you would die. Yeah. Uh, you know, this king tried to do the same thing. He tried to curse him and ended up being cursed. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um. I do want to point out one thing in that passage. Isaiah eleven fifteen. it says his mighty wind. The word is ruach. So take that for what you will. <laughs> you think that, that seven right there has got something? I don't know. I might be going off in that field with the seven. But you think it's got something to do with the oldest too? You think it ties in some way? What'd you say? You know how it was just saying a while ago about the seven elders? Why did it have to be seven? And what you just read about the seven um, ways, one of the seven ways or something? 
You read it at the very last part of it, what you just read. Oh, splitting the seven strings. Yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. That is interesting. Also interesting to point out that there's seven nations that uh, it mentions the remnant coming from. Assyria, Egypt, Pathros, Cush, Elam, Shinar, and Hamam. So it's and like, the coasts and islands of the west. So it's like sevens often in this tour portion, ain't it? I hadn't considered that, but it appears to be so. There are seven specific places mentioned, or regions at least mentioned there uh, in verse 11. But then it also says, and the coasts and islands of the West. So, yeah. Mm hmm. Also, in verse one, the uh, the word branch there is netsier. It's interesting too. Just word studies. Word studies are fun. Now we're gonna go to Micah. Go ahead. Seven is complete, right? I believe is the number of completion. How would I look up to see the other meanings for that word? Because I know it's got more than one meaning. The seven. That I do not know. I don't need to. <laughs> I do not know. Um, five now. We'll read from Micah 5, verse 7 to Micah 6, verse 8. <clears throat> it says... Jacob will be among many peoples <clears throat> like dew from the Lord, like showers on the grass, which do not wait for anyone or linger for mankind. Then the remnant of Jacob will be among the nations, among many peoples and among animals of the forest, like a young lion among flocks of sheep, which tramples and tears as it passes through, and there is no one to rescue them. Your hand will be lifted up against your adversaries will be destroyed in that day this is the lord's declaration i will remove your horses from you i will remove the cities of your land and tear down all your fortresses i will remove sorceries from your hands and you will not have any more fortune tellers i will images 
and sacred pillars from you so that you will not bow down again to the work of your hands. I will pull up the Asherah poles from among you and demolish your cities. I will take vengeance in against the nations that have not obeyed me. Now listen to what the Lord is saying. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Listen to the Lord's lawsuit, your mountains and enduring foundations of the earth. Are you mountains and enduring foundations of the earth? Because the Lord has a case against his people, and he will argue it against Israel. My people, what have I done to you, or how have I wearied you? Testify against me. Indeed, I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from that place of slavery. I sent Moses, Aaron, and Miriam ahead of you. My people remember what Balak, king of Moab, proposed, what Balaam, son of Beor, answered him, and what happened to Gilgal, so that you may acknowledge the Lord's righteous acts. What should I bring before the Lord when I come God on high? Should I come before him with burnt offerings, with year-old calves? Would the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with 10,000 streams of oil? Should I give my firstborn for my transgression, the child of my body for my own sin? Mankind, he has told me, and what it is the Lord requires of you, to act justly, to love faithfulness, and to walk humbly with your God. That's a powerful reading there. Yeah, mankind. Mankind. <laughs> Did it say Israel? Did it say any specific group of people? It did start off with Joseph. Who 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 was it referring to there? With what verse? Did I break the note at the at the beginning? Uh, I see the remnant of Jacob. Jacob. Yeah, Jacob Israel. Yeah, Jacob will be among the peoples. And then it goes down to I will take in I will take vengeance and anger and wrath against the nations that have not obeyed me. The nations. Mm -hmm. And then it says he will argue it against Israel. And then he makes his declaration against Israel. Basically because they have It says, have I, have I wearied you? And then it ends with verse 7, somewhat. And then he makes up another point. Mankind, he has told you what is good and what it is the Lord requires of you. To act justly, to love faithfulness, and to walk humbly with your mighty one. Ain't it something how he doing all he's done for them and then we look at him and say, Am I wearing you? Yeah. Yep. I don't get it. I mean I I can't say I've always been obedient, so in some regard I'm no better. Grace and mercy, Papa. Yes, ma'am. You are not wrong. 
I gotta ruin underline that <laughs> in my uh daily Bible there. It's like he's still pleading like a dad pleads with his children. You know, when when you don't know you can do for him. And it's just like you just pour your heart out to him. Yeah. Uh, Lord, I don't know, Papa, that just hurt my heart. Yeah, I mean, he is faithful to him. He was faithful to him, but I mean, that's he said he will always preserve a remnant, always preserve done just that. Everybody in this live, they're not live, sorry, everybody in this recording <laughs> getting used to TikTok there in this recording can attest that uh, he's left a remnant, you know. Mm-hmm. Which then it goes back, it, 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 you know, you go through uh, Ezekiel, and it's not for our sake that he does it, it's for his name's sake. For his name's sake, which goes back to us, but made me so interested in what I caught the earlier number six. They will, the children of Israel will be blessed because his name will be declared over them. And then you fast forward into Ezekiel where he's rebuking them for not, you know, being obedient, which every single prophet that we're reading through right now has had to at one point or the other whether the entire time or for a portion, come and rebuke Israel because they're not listening. And then we have in Ezekiel specific mentions that it's for his namesake. Why? Because his name was declared over them. It was his chosen people. And he's not going to look like, you know, a weak mighty one, a weak Elohim, a weak God. Is the almighty. So it is for his name that Israel, at least the promised seed of Israel, will not be destroyed. Malachi 3.6, I am the Lord Yahweh, I have not changed. Therefore, you sons of Jacob, you have not been destroyed. Kind of like why he was trying to show that one on that donkey that was going to curse him. You know, you, you can't go do what you want to do in your mind or what this man wants you to do because those are mine. But see, yet his mercy and grace still try to show this man. Yeah. Yep. And then it just has always a thorn in the side of the drill. <laughs> Was it? Uh, no, never mind. Anyways, yeah, they're they're always just a thorn in their side. Well, you know that when 
goes on to talking about the one that put the spirit through the man and the woman. You know, Abba gave him a spirit of peace after he'd done that because he'd, yeah. done, he'd done it to honor the Father's name. he done it out of jealousy for the most high. That's what it says, yeah. Mm-hmm. If we, which if we get into the next part, but uh, you're talking about all these mosquitoes, and there's like so many mosquitoes in the house right now. I jinxed you. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Anyways, uh, we'll get into this next portion, but yeah, it says, Wherefore say, Behold, I give unto him my covenant of peace. Uh, Yeah, which it says, Phineas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, hath turned away my wrath, or has turned my wrath away from the children of Israel while he was zealous, uh, other translations say jealous, for my name's sake, among them, that I consumed not the children of Israel in my jealousy. Um, and it literally says that he made atonement uh same word used kafar in verse 13 and it says he made an atonement for the children of israel so but that's we'll get into that next portion <laughs> we're gonna well, say i'm got to ask you this now so i can't wait the next week <laughs> why do you think he had to give what not had to give forgive father but why did he give him the spirit of peace? You think it would have bothered him so it wouldn't bother him for what he had done? Oh, yeah. I mean, what it says, all right, it says, Wherefore say, behold, I give unto him my covenant of peace. That's what I, that's what I read out of the King James. Uh, the word being very easy. H1285. What is the hang on? Verse 12. What does the Septuagint say? Yeah, covenant of peace. It says he gave him a covenant of peace. It's like he made a peace with him, which Phineas, being son of, you know, he's a Levite. He's a he was Aaron. Aaron, right? It's the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest. Yeah. That's yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's a son of Aaron, son of Levi. Um, just yet again we see Levites <laughs> standing up and doing what is right that's what I'm saying and they did it with the golden calf they did it here um, I don't necessarily consider Jasher scripture but there's mention of um, there's mention of Levites doing many um, good acts, if you will, in the book of Jasher, uh, as far as just standing up and slaying Israelites because they're being disobedient. So that's a thing. <laughs> and ain't it too? Uh, I don't know if I should use that word for it, but I don't know. I, I in a way, it's kind of like at the end. They was um, 
jealous in a way of the father, and they wanted everything for themselves and not for the father. You know what I'm trying to say, Dustin? Oh, the Levites? Yeah. I mean, I think that there you know, was some, how, I think there how, was some corruption that crept in. Yeah. Yeah. That's why um, when you again when you get into Ezekiel, it says the sons of Zadok and sons of Zadok, the righteous Levites, they will minister before him, but the sons of you know, just the Levites in general, opposite uh, the sons of Zadok. They will be ministering to the people outside. They will not come before the Lord to bring him his offerings. That gets into a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah, guess what? He he gave me last night when some um service started. Well, I mean, I'll I'll give you even more. Um, Zadok just means. Righteous. Uh, in fact, we see it way back in the book of Genesis. Melchi Zeta. <laughs> the king of righteousness. Right? King of righteousness. But he put me on last night what actually took place the 40 days after his resurrection. And who did he send out in those 40 days? That's what he put me on last night. And why is there 10 days left before the Pentecost? Ten days left. Um... What do you mean? He ascended back up on the 40th day. And in 10 more days was, they was counting the Omar. That's how mm -hmm. they kept up with what day he ascended on. And Omar is the 50 day count. That's fair. Because he um, told Mary, he told Mary not to touch him, right? But no, let's go ahead with the tour portion, Papa. <laughs> You're all the way good. I'll be way out there with you. <laughs> let's finish this and we can do that because, yeah, I'm I'm probably going to stay awake through the storm a little bit there anyways. Um we got one more in the kind of one more in the Old Testament there. Zechariah portion. 8, 20 through 23, which it says, The Lord of hosts says, People or peoples will yet come, the residents of many cities. The residents of one city will go to another, saying, Let's go at once to plead for the Lord's favor and to seek the Lord of hosts. I am also going. 
Many peoples and strong nations will come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to plead for the Lord's favor. The Lord of hosts says this, In those days, ten men from nations of every language will grab the robe of a Jewish man tightly, urging, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. That's Yeshua, by the way. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I said I'm going to be quiet and let other people join in. I feel like I'm talking too much. Oh, you're fine. We're going to read uh, a little bit from Jubilees there. There's two passages. Chapter 3. Do, 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 do. Verses 28 and 29. So this was after uh, the eating of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It says, and on, the, on that day was closed the mouth of all beasts and of cattle and of birds and of whatever walketh and of whatever moves so that they can no longer speak. For they had all spoken one, one with another with one lip and with one tongue. And he sent out of the garden of Eden all flesh that was in the garden of Eden. And all flesh was scattered according to its kinds and according to its types unto the places which had been created for them. Like I said earlier, the aminal spoke. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, I feel like number one, yeah, Eve would have been like, What's, why is this thing talking? Adam would have said the same thing because he's standing right next to her. Like, why is, it, why is the snake talking? And then we have Balaam. He didn't even question the fact that his donkey spoke to him. Not once. So, why? Because God spoke, or God created all of these things. I believe, brother, from listening to some of these native people talk, I believe that people used to communicate. I mean, I believe that I believe that animals still communicate with us. Yeah. We just don't know how Mm -hmm. to communicate back with them. I mean, even in the smallest examples, like when the dog has to go to the bathroom and it comes and stares at you and then you stand up and it runs to the door. (laughs) I mean, it's communicating with you. I think a lot of things was actually lost with the flood too because how the angels that fell had turned everything upside down. I know the ecosystem definitely changed the flood. Because remember, up until the flood, uh, it hadn't even rained. That's why when yeah. when Noah's like, yeah, God's going to send a flood, it's going to rain here. People were like, bro, you're crazy. It ain't rained not once. I don't know what you're talking about. That's not going to happen. 
Oh, I can commit you with some pain <laughs> with that. <laughs> I just sit and listen to people on live talk about, man, people's got some messed up ways of thinking. Yeah. Uh, this, I kept this in the portion. I know we read this last week, but I kept this in there uh, because of what we had just read in Micah, because all mankind, right? And stick with that theme. Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Hear the end of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole of man. This is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every work into judgment with every hidden thing, whether it is good or whether it is evil. Mm-hmm. That's the whole duty of man. Mm-hmm. Doesn't say, doesn't say Benjamites, doesn't say Judahites, it doesn't say any of that. <laughs> doesn't say only Israel. It says the whole duty of man, all man, mm-hmm. everybody. Dear God, and keep his commandments. There wasn't no race or nothing in there, was there, Paul? Nope. Nope. He requires obedience, not the color of your skin, which is just stupid anyways. We're not going to get into that. Joshua, chapter 24. (laughs) 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 1 through 13. It says, Joshua. The underline. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm so. No, you're fine. I was going to say some of the stuff that, um, some of the stuff we're going through, anyways, kind of goes along with that mm-hmm. whole topic. Uh, but yeah, Joshua 24, 1 through 13, it says Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem and summoned Israel's elders, leaders, judges, and officers, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the region beyond the Euphrates River, led him through the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I gave the hill country of Seir to Esau as a possession, but Jacob and his sons went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron. I plagued Egypt by what I did there, and afterward I brought you out. When I brought your fathers out of Egypt and you reached the Red Sea, the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen as far as the sea. Your fathers cried out to the Lord, so he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea over them, engulfing them. Your own eyes saw what I did to Egypt. After that, or after that, you lived in the wilderness a long time. Later, I brought you to the land of the Amorites, who lived beyond the Jordan. They be, they fought against you, but I handed them over to you. You possessed their land, and I annihilated them before you. Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, set out to fight against Israel. He sent for Balaam, son of Beor, to curse you, but I would not listen to Balaam. Instead, he repeatedly blessed you, and I delivered you from his hand. 
You then crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The people of Jericho, as well as the Amorites, Perizzites, Canites, or Canaanites, Hittites, Girgashites, Hivites, Jebusites, fought against you, but I handed them over to you. I sent the hornet ahead of you, and it drove out the two Amorite kings before you. It was not by your sword or bow. I gave you a land you did not labor for, and cities you did not build. Though you live in them, you are eating from vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. That was four of them cities, wasn't it, Dustin? Or is it five counting Egypt? Going through. The ones that wouldn't let them go through. Counting Jericho, too. Jericho. Joseph is one for Egypt. That's bare sheep. That that's no. Yeah, bare sheep. What? Yeah. You talking about verse eleven? Yeah. Were all were all those all those cities that would not let them go through, and it goes back to Joseph with Egypt puts Egypt in there. Which will forward um David's wife, Bear Sheep, whatever how you say their name. But those are the four ladies in Yeshua's bloodline that was grafted in. Hmm. Those are the those are the Gentiles in Yeshua's bloodline. That's how the father brings everybody in. Now that gentleman the other day was saying that there wasn't no wasn't no Gentiles and and the lineage of Messiah. David's wife, she sees um what in that her name, Michael? Bathsheba. Bathsheba. Ain't Bathsheba from Egypt? I know Ruth from from Me and Michael was talking about it, or was it? It was one of the king's wives. Yeah, it was. It was Uriah. Bathsheba was Uriah the Hittite's wife. Where's Hittite from? Oh, what would have mercy? I don't know. It's part <laughs> of the can. That, I mean, it's it's out in 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 the land with the Canaanites and Hittites, Perizzites. All the ites. All the ites. Every one of them. <laughs> but it ties back, though. It ties back to the to the bloodline. I know Ruth came out of the one that starts with an M. I think that's the one that we was just reading, ain't it? Yeah, she was a Moabite. She was a Moabite. Anybody that wants to come in can come in. Everybody just I'll- being quiet. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we're going to read the Wisdom of Solomon. 
Is Mark Chapter. just there? Um, yeah. There's eight people. I'm here. I'm listening. I'm like you're sleeping. I believe we got four and got sleepy. No. I'm just talking, talking about them tacos. <laughs> yeah. You done got stuffed on tacos and now you're ready to sleep. <laughs> no. I mean, I could always could take a nap. Well, who was we talking about the other day that was married to the king that come from Egypt, Michael? I know Solomon. 81% of his wife was Egyptian. So there you go with that anyway. But me and Michael was talking about somebody the other day that ties into it too. I can't remember who we were talking about though. Exactly who we were talking about. Oh, hold on a second. Go ahead, Dustin Pop. I'm sorry. Uh, now I'm trying to. It was Rahab. Yeah. Rahab was the one that they said uh, was a different person, which I guess that's another uh, topic. But yeah, so Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 10, the whole thing. It says, Wisdom guarded to the end the first formed father of the world who was created alone and delivered him out of his own transgression and gave him strength to get dominion over all things. But when an unrighteous man fell away from her in his anger, he perished himself in the rage with which he killed his brother. When for his cause, the earth was drowning with a flood, wisdom again saved it, guiding the righteous man's course by a poor piece of wood. Moreover, when nations consenting together in wickedness had been confounded, wisdom knew the righteous man and preserved him blameless to God and kept him strong when his heart yearned towards his child. While the ungodly were perishing, wisdom delivered a righteous man when he fled from the fire that descended out of heaven on Pentapelos. Or Pent Pentapelos? I don't know. To those wickedness... A smoking waste still witness or witnesses and plants bearing fair fruit that doesn't ripen. A disbelieving soul has a memorial, a standing pillar of salt. For having passed wisdom by, not only were they disabled from recognizing the things which are good, but they also left behind them for they or for their life a monument of their folly, to the end that they or to the end that were they stumbled. That where they stumbled, sorry. They might fail even to be unseen, but wisdom delivered those who waited on her out of troubles. When a righteous man was a fugitive from a brother's wrath, wisdom guided him in straight paths. He showed him God's kingdom and gave him knowledge of holy things. She prospered him in his toils and multiplied the fruits of his labor. When in their covetousness, Men dealt harshly with him. She stood by him and made him rich. She guarded him from enemies, and she kept him safe from those who lay in wait. Over his severe conflict, she watched as judge that he might know that godliness is more powerful than everyone. When a righteous man was sold, 
wisdom didn't forsake him, but she delivered him from sin. She went down with him into a dungeon, and in bonds she didn't depart from him, until she brought him the scepter of a kingdom and authority over those that dealt tyrannously with him. She also showed those who had mockingly accused him to be false and gave him eternal glory. Wisdom delivered a holy people and a blameless seed from a nation of oppressors. She entered into the soul of a servant of the Lord and withstood terrible kings and wonders and signs. She rendered to holy men a reward of their toils. She guided them along a marvelous way and became to them a covering in the daytime and a flame of stars through the night. She brought them over the Red Sea and led them through much water, but she drowned their enemies and she cast them up from the bottom of the deep. Therefore, the righteous plundered the ungodly and they sang praise to your holy name, O Lord, and extolled with one accord your hand that fought for them, because wisdom opened the mouth of the mute and made the tongues of babes to speak clearly. I think we'll read the next chapter next week. I like the wisdom of Solomon. That's beautiful, ain't it? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. What chapter was that? Chapter ten, the whole thing. Good deal. That's 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 neat. I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I forget about the deuterocanonical books from time to time. I'll run on to one, but as far as just sitting down and reading them, I need to do better. I definitely recommend Wisdom of Solomon. Oh, I've had several like, people at the jail have mentioned it, have mentioned the Apocrypha. Uh, I think I'm probably going to, because I get to do the uh, the devotional part of the lesson this week. I think I'm going to pick one out of there. That sounds good. Yeah. Absolutely. Wisdom of Solomon is really good. I listened to it for the first time. Oddly, I listened to like four times the other day. It was really good. Some really good stuff in there. What the heck was that? I'm like, okay. Yeah, between Wisdom of Solomon. Uh, the Book of Sirach, or Ecclesiasticus, whatever you want to call it. Both of them. 10 out of 10. Micah, did you say you listened to the... How, how did you listen to it? Uh, there's an audible. I can set it to on YouTube. Pretty good. Oh. To okay. I get along a lot better with listening than I do trying to sit with an ADD riddled mind. Me too, brother, because I have a hard time pronouncing words. Well, you're not alone there. 
<laughs> yeah, I like, I like a lot of times I'm not working stuff. Go where you go, Matthew. Yes, sir. I'll start Matthew 10, 16 through 28. And we'll go to, again, we'll just keep reading through to 31. It says, Look, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as serpents and as harmless as doves, because people will hand you over to Sanhedrins and flog you in their synagogues. Beware of them. You will even be brought before governors and kings because of me, to bear witness to them and to the nations. But when they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you should speak, for you will be given what to say at that hour, because you are not speaking, but the Spirit of your Father is speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will even rise up against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of my name, but the one who endures to the end will be delivered. When they persecute you in one town, escape to another. For I assure you, you will not have covered the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher or a slave above his master. It is enough for a disciple to become like his teacher and a slave like his master. If they called the head of the house Beelzebub or Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household. Therefore, don't be afraid of them, since there is nothing covered that won't be uncovered and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in a whisper, proclaim on the housetops. Don't fear those who kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's consent. But even the hairs of your head have all been counted. So don't be afraid, therefore. You are worth more than many sparrows. Well, that almost summed the whole Torah portion, what we read up, didn't it, Dustin? Yeah. Uh I mean, that's until they until they uh, started doing what they did in the last verse there that we were reading. Um, that's how the father looked at Israel. They were worth more than many sparrows. And then they started sinning. And he's like, all right. <laughs> they went that's, to horn. Yeah, they went to horn. That's that's. Yeah, it's adultery. That's it can be done in the spiritual realm also. That's what he's all. showing. Do not do not commit adultery. That goes both ways. You can put that in two categories, you know, because mm-hmm. all of the law summarizes to to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy being, and all thy might, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Adultery falls in both categories. Do not be an adulterer. Uh, you know, don't sleep with another man's wife, and don't whore after other gods. Period. 
I can see that's just like Satan. Who was it? Job. He said that if you take the hedge from upon him, from over him, then I can cause him to curse you. He couldn't do nothing right. And then he had, he could only go so far because the word had been spoken. You can do this to him, but you won't have his soul. Yeah. You know, the worst the worst God that that we have going on these days is, is the God of self, I would say. I mean like yeah. serving yeah. serving ourselves is our main focus in this world. Yeah, because because yourself says, well, that's not that bad. Or, At least I'm not doing this. Or right. <laughs> and I, there's one thing. It can be good if you use it the right way, but you got to use it very right way. But it's people these days talking about do yourself, boo. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't want to do what I want to do. I want to do what the father wants me to do. That's a stupid saying. Do you, boo boo? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Did anybody watch that nefarious movie? Um, no. Send me twenty dollars and I'll go watch it. <laughs> Good point. But they talk <laughs> that that demon talks about all kind of stuff that that we have talked about uh talk about the the demon uh he refers to the uh the god that they worship molech yeah. he refers he talks about yeah. that one yeah and go ahead i've seen i've seen that i've seen yeah. that part where they're talking about the molech and the abortion and stuff like that i saw uh, that on a tiktok i just I didn't know that that was part of that movie at first. Though. That's ahead. it. Yeah, it, it he gets into all kind of stuff, and uh, he didn't pull any punches either. I mean, it's it's just, it's a good movie. It's a really good movie. Why did you say the name of it was brother? Nefarious. Yeah, nefarious. nefarious. Is it at the movies now? It's uh should be uh, you should be able to purchase. On Amazon, to where I got it, I rented it for like five dollars or whatever, because I've been wanting to see it, but I don't, I don't like going to theaters. There ain't no way you rented it for five dollars, because when I went to look for how much it was to rent, it said twenty. I, I think it was, because I think I had on Amazon Prime, it was, it was like three bucks. I don't know that though. I, Oh, I mean, I could, I could be mistaken. I'm not going to say you're absolutely wrong. I'll, I'll look. But, but uh, anyways, back to, back to abortion. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> All right, we're almost done, guys. We're almost done. Just hang in there, just a little bit. Ah, <laughs> uh, Matthew twenty-one, one through eleven. Uh, and then Corinthians, which you're going to see the tie-in from Corinthians, what we just got done reading. 
when they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus then sent two disciples, telling them, Go into the village ahead of you. At once you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you should say that the Lord needs them, and immediately he will send them. This took place so that the, what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Tell daughter Zion, look, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did just as Jesus directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, and they laid their robes on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their robes on the road. Others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them on the road. Then crowds who went ahead of him and those who followed kept shouting, Hosanna, the son of David. He who comes in the name of the Lord is the blessed one. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken, saying, Who is this? And the crowds kept saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. <clears throat> then 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 13. It says, now I want you to know, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud, all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from a spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But God was not pleased with most of them, for they were struck down in the wilderness. Now these things became examples for us so that we will not desire evil things as they did. Don't become idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to play. Let us not commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in a single day, 23,000 people fell dead. Let us not test Christ as some of them did and were destroyed by snakes, nor should we complain as some of them did and were killed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as examples, and they were written as warnings to us, on whom the ends of the ages have come. So whoever thinks he stands must be careful not to fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to humanity. God is faithful, and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape so that you are able to bear it. That's the end of the Torah portion. <clears throat>